Angie has made it easier than ever to hire high-quality pros to get all your home service jobs done well. Just bring them your project online or with the Angie app, answer a few questions, and Angie will connect you with local pros who match your specific needs. Or book a service instantly at an upfront price. So join the millions of homeowners who use Angie to care for their homes and get your next home service job done well. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot com. Angie has made it easier than ever to hire high-quality pros to get all your home service jobs done well. Just bring them your project online or with the Angie app, answer a few questions, and Angie will connect you with local pros who match your specific needs or book a service instantly at an upfront price. So join the millions of homeowners who use Angie to care for their homes and get your next home service job done well. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot com. Well, I get it. Um, and, you know, the anxiety of, a, of party planning, I get it. So I am sympathetic to what you're saying. But what happened on that Saturday? First you send that text and then your decorator sent it. So you actually hired a decorator and a chef for six people. You're the bomb. I love that. This is the plaintiff, Charlotte Leatherwood. She says she hired the defendant who was a personal chef to cater a little dinner party she was having. And after he got her money, he ghosted her. That's right, the guy refuses to answer her calls. She doesn't trust him anymore and is suing for the return of her $775. This is the defendant, Quentin Pride. He says he's been a professional chef for 14 years. And this woman tried to cancel her event one week before the dinner date. He planned the menu, did a lot of prep work for the event, isn't returning her deposit, and is definitely not paying her to hire another chef. He's accused of burning up a customer. All parties, please get your right hand. What you are about to witness is real. The participants are not actors. They are actual litigants with a case pending in civil court. Both parties have agreed to drop their claims and have their cases settled here before Judge Marilyn Millian in our forum, the People's Court. People's Court is now in session. The Honorable Judge Marilyn Millian is now presiding. Litigants have been sworn, Your Honor. Thank you, Douglas. You're welcome. Ms. Leatherwood, you had a birthday coming up, your 39th birthday, and you decided you would throw a nice dinner party for the event, correct? Yes, ma'am. How did you find out about the defendant and his services? A family friend hired him to do a party for her, and I saw the pictures of the event, and I asked her about him. Okay, so what happened here? So I reached out to, um, to Chef Q on November 6th, and asked him if he can cater my party, which I initially was expecting um, eight guests. That same day we spoke via text, I sent him the 275 deposit for the food that he was going to cater for me, for okay. eight people. And how much was the total party going to be? $550. So Ms. Leather, would you end up sending a deposit of how much, $275? Yes, ma'am. All right, and then that you do that on what day? I did that on November 6th, the same day that I first reached out to him. 
All right, and the party was going to be when? December 5th. Okay, so what happens? So over sets, we I made a few changes because as you know, due to COVID, a lot of people were saying they weren't going to make it. They had to go to work. So it ended up from being um, eight people to six. So over a few tests, I, I knew the changes were going to be made. So I was reaching out to him, just letting him know, updating him with everything. Finally, the weekend before the party, which was November 28th, that was the Saturday before the dinner. I, I had been trying to reach him prior. So prior to that day, I had sent him the address to the Airbnb where we were going to have the event. And I didn't get a response of nothing like, okay, I got the address. Thank you. It was at some point, even before that Saturday, that I sent him a text message um, telling him that one that we were down from eight people till I think six. And he replied, and I said, instead of chart, instead of changing the amount, just add the um, additional side for me. He said, what do you want? I asked him to pick it for me. He never responded. So now we're moving to the to the November 28th, which was the weekend before the party. I just called to touch bases with him. Um, I had called him that Friday night afternoon. I didn't get anything Saturday. I called him. Didn't get anything. It was early Saturday, probably around nine, something nine-ish in the morning. So I had been trying to reach him. I called the party decorator who had been working with me closely. And I was kind of, I had anxiety, worse anxiety, because I'm like, okay, he's not replying. He's not answering. What's going on? I don't know. So I contacted her and being that she was professional. When you say he's not, I said, I, I, I'm trying to understand something. When you say he's not responding, he's not, were you calling him and he wasn't calling you back? Or are you referring to the text, for example, let's talk about November okay. 27th and it's the week before your party. You say, good afternoon, this is the address. And he does not, he doesn't respond, respond to that. And then the next day, day, that because that was Friday, November 27th, on November 28th, good morning, I'd like to speak to you to touch base with you. Please give me a call. He never responded. And I guess he didn't answer you. I don't know. That was no. at 9.57 in the morning. By 12.38, you fired him. And that's all in one morning. So what had happened? Tell me what had happened that made you so frustrated and nervous about your party. And I mean, it's your event. You know, you have a right to the kind of communication you want, the question is, is what you demand a breach of contract on his part? Or is it unreasonable on your part, therefore you can choose whatever you want, but it's gonna cost you and not him. That's what I have to determine as a judge. And I'm talking to you as a pretty impatient person who requires some hand-holding, okay? So I get it. Um, and, you know, the anxiety of, a, of party planning, I get it. So I am sympathetic to what you're saying. But what happened on that Saturday? First you send that text, and then your decorator sent it. So you actually hired a decorator and a chef for six people. You're the bomb. I love that. So go on. So I, um, I called. After I sent him that text that morning, I did try calling him. I didn't get a response. So again, I'm panicking. I believe it was around 10, 30, 11, probably close to 12. I called, I called Miss, I called the decorator. I said, Hey, you know, I don't know what to do. How should I go about You're a professional? You've been in the business for a while. What should I do? She said, well, since I usually work with do to do this type of work, I would try to reach out to him because usually when I'm doing a dinner party, setting up for the dinner party and stuff, if they like certain colors and plates and stuff, she do get with the chef 
and she coordinate with them. So everything, you know, if he wants special plates or special, or if it was something I was requesting. So she contacted him and he answered. So again, I'm having anxiety. I'm like, what's, what's going on? So she called, she, I, before she can even call me back, I call her back. And she said, I just hung up with him. I say, oh, he answered the phone. She said, yeah, he answered. She, I say, so what happened? She said, well, he said he doesn't really have to talk to you about anything. But she also said that she told him, well, you know, it's, she may want to just touch bases with you for something. And he said, well, I'm hosting something. He was at a, a event already and that he'll, he'll call or I can't remember the exact words, but it was definitely he didn't need to touch bases with me. That part I do remember. So once I hung up with her, I again tried reaching him. I didn't get a, I didn't get anything. That's when you see the test where it say, hey, I know you spoke to the, to the decorator. That's when that test went out. At this point, I got a call from someone who was claiming to be his assistant. She, she calls me and she said, hey, Q wanted to know what is it that you need to talk to him about? And I was, I was thrown aback because I, I was like, well, why is she calling me? I haven't been dealing with her. And that's just what I I said, no disrespect, ma'am. But I haven't, I didn't give you my money. I gave my money to Q. And when he gets unbusy, please have him call me. And about 10, I'll say a couple of minutes later, he called me back. He said, well, I'm not going to give you, I can't give you your money back because, you know, you canceled outside of the two weeks of the agreement. And I say, well, you're not answering me like what I'm supposed to do. I don't know, like, what am I supposed to do? He was like, ma'am, I'm already hosting the event. I have a hundred and something people that I'm working with today. I can't give you your money back. And I said, okay. All right, let me hear from so you, Miss uh, Chef Q. I'd like to hear your version of this stuff. Um, where would you like me to start, Judge? Well, she hires you, and um, apparently she needs a little more contact than you're giving her. So you tell me, how many times did she call you? What were her questions? What was the issue? Why didn't you call her back? Why did you feel that you didn't have to call her back? Talk to me and tell me your defense to what she said. Okay, saying. so she reached out to me. I sent her me first. Um, she was kind of like iffy about that price. So she sent what she wanted, and I gave her a new price. And then she was asking me a bunch of other questions in, in the midst of me asking her, did she want to send a deposit or not? And she was asking me everything else. And she asked me about the cancellation policy. And then I was like, huh? For six people? A cancellation policy? So I'm like, okay, cool. Yeah. If you, you know, if you want one, I'll give you one. So she was like, um, what is it? And I say, well, two weeks prior to your event, if you cancel before that, I'll give you your money back. If I, if something happened on my end, I'll give you your money back. Anything from that, I'm going to keep the money because obviously I didn't want to involve food or I've done something towards your party. So in the midst of that, she sent the deposit. Then she asked me, was I okay? And I'm like, yeah, I'm fine. I'm just trying to figure out what's going on with you. Like, because normally someone books me, they we get the menu set, they send me the deposit. I don't talk to them no more. I'm a chef. I don't decorate. I don't. I don't do nothing else but bring the food. I, so I don't need to talk to you. You told me what you want, and when you change stuff, I replied to you because you're changing stuff. You say you didn't want this. You said, uh, "Oh, this person not coming." So 
I took the, uh, the I subtract that. You asked me what the new balance was. I gave you the new balance. When it's something that's containing to me, but then you're calling me, calling me, calling me, calling me, calling me. I'm telling you, you're blowing me up like I'm the party planner. That's the type of calls that the party party plan, planner get. So I'm sitting there. I'm like, what well, up? So yes, as I'm entertaining a hundred other people that has paid me, and now it's their time of their event. I had my assistant, like you said, reach out because you're calling so much now. So I really want to know what's on because I already reached out to your party planner. So she's the planner. So I'm figuring if I talk to her, then she'll cool you off or she'll let you know oh, everything is good. Because when I talk to her, she asked me, did I need anything? I told her no. I said she already paid me. I don't need nothing from you. <laughs> I don't hook up with a party planner unless a party planner called me and booked me. You booked me. So I dealt okay. with you. And once you signed that deposit, <laughs> it wasn't nothing else to do for me to show up. And you called me seven days before your event and said, well, no, you didn't call me. You texted me. And I called you back and told you, you can reschedule. I even gave you the option to reschedule, did I? Right? But why reschedule? She didn't need to reschedule. <laughs> right. But the I problem was, was like her problem her to... was she, <laughs> right. Right. But the, the problem was that she wanted to talk to you. You didn't talk to her. And she wanted to talk to you really, really badly. So I think that's where the problem lies. And it's a shame because you both seem like nice people. And it's just kind of a shame that it led to that. Because honestly, if you'd have just called her, you know, later, I mean, you did end up calling her later that I day. Did. What happened when you when called When I her? finished. Yeah. And what happened? When I called her, she, right. she asked me for, uh, she said, so I, I said, what, what was it? Was it? She said, I just need to talk to you. And I was like, for what? I, I talked to your platform. Well, I just, I just, uh. I don't know. I just, uh, I just don't know. Uh, and then she was like, uh, I just can't, can I have some of my money back? And I'm like, no. And then I'm like, no, I can't. It's impossible. She asked me, not even half? No. <laughs> like, no. And I left it at that. And I never responded after that. I never called back Judge, again. I never, some, I never asked him over the conversation, can I have any of money? Everything, most of the conversation that we have that you saw regarding any money or refunds, it was through that text message that I sent him. And even at the end, well, you when still asked me for how. Hold on one second. We on hold on one second, Miss uh, Chef Q. Miss Le Miss Leatherwood, let me ask you a question. You tell him you choose for me, please, and that doesn't require an answer. Then on November twenty okay. seventh, you say the address to the location is X. I don't know if that requires an answer. What I do when someone doesn't acknowledge receiving something like this is I say, can you just confirm for me you got this? Then I'm calm because I know they got it and it doesn't matter. But you're basically just saying the address and, you know, that might that might have required a thanks, got it, or whatever. Then, but then on the 28th, I'd like to speak with you. At 9.57 and by 12.56, you fire him. I think that what happened is when he spoke to the planner, he was like, well, what does she need to talk to me about? I don't have anything I need to talk to her about. And that felt kind of rude to you, probably. Um, it didn't. Am I right? I know he's, yeah. No, it didn't because I know he, he okay. from what she explained to me, she said he was hosting an event. So it, it's, it didn't seem rude. It's just that, like So I then said, why are you, if he's in the middle of hosting an event, why are you texting him and firing him in the middle of the event? I didn't know that until she told me. But right, I still but wanted to she had already stopped. Point. She had already told you. Stop. She had already told you. Because what you text him at 1238, when he's still in the middle of his event, 
is due to timing and communication and no response, I'm asking to please refund my money. I am aware you spoke to the planner. So you've already spoken to the planner. You're aware of everything mm -hmm. that he was doing, that he was in the middle of a 100-person <laughs> party. And then you're firing mm -hmm. him in the middle of the 100-person party because I think that whatever he told the planner you felt was rude. Like, why should he blowing up my phone? And, you know, I, I, I don't really need to talk to her. You know, everybody needs a different level of hand-holding. He makes a point when he says, look, I'm the chef. You told me what to cook. I'm cooking it. See you later. I'll see you then. Um, but instead, you, you, I guess you required more, which is okay. You know, we all, oh, look how pretty. So you sent me pictures of the actual, that's your birthday cake. That's you and your buddies having the birthday party. Everybody's dress is a yellow theme. That's nice. And you rented an Airbnb, and uh, I presume that there was dinner and uh, plenty of celebrating, and that's lovely. But, you know, the problem that I have is I have to decide if your level of hand-holding is reasonable under the circumstances or not reasonable under the circumstances. Angie has made it easier than ever to hire high-quality pros to get all your home service jobs done well. Whether it's routine maintenance and emergency repair or a dream project, Angie lets you compare quotes from multiple local pros, browse homeowner reviews, and even book a service instantly. Angie's been connecting people with skilled pros for nearly 30 years. So the next time you have a home project, bring it to Angie to get your job done well. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot com. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Welcome back to the People's Court. I'm Harvey Levin. So the question, uh, was the plaintiff a little too chatty with the defendant who she says ghosted her, or uh, did she just up and cancel at the last minute? Let's listen. Do you get to talk to your chef over and over to ask, are we still okay? Yes, we're still okay. Yes, we're still okay. Yes, we're still okay. Because what I am seeing is just you wanting to touch base as opposed to having a change or an inquiry or something that he's ignoring you on. I mean, I, I just, you know, and you're suing for, you want the deposit you gave him back, plus you want the money you paid the other caterer, so that would be a free birthday for you, which also doesn't make sense. But based on what I am hearing, I, I, I think that you need to understand that a party planner is a party planner and a chef is a chef. If there had been some question pending, like you said, you know, I'm changing the menu, call me, and the guy's not calling you, that would be different. But just based on this, I think you jumped the gun. And let me be clear, it's your birthday, okay? And, and your 39th birthday only comes around 20, 30 times in a lifetime, at least if you're me, because I've been saying that forever. But, you know, <laughs> if you don't feel comfortable with him and you don't want him to do it, you do you, boo, that's great. But... You've come to court and you've asked me, hey, he breached judge, not me. In other words, it's your birthday. You want to dump him, dump him. But that's going to cost you and not him. So in this case, based on what I have heard, I am finding in favor of the defendant. Um, and the next time you have a party in Miami, you invite me. I'm from Miami.
Okay, the plaintiff fails to uh, get the money back from the defendant. She has lost big time. Let's see how she feels about it. Ms. Leatherwood, what are, you, what, what are you thinking right now? I don't know. I just feel like when you're in business and you're doing a service for someone, you should always communicate with them, whether it's a, okay, yes, no, or I'm busy or something. Because even with the, the party planner or whoever I dealt with in the past, when we're providing services, we let the customer, we give them that feel that it's okay, you're going to be okay. He doesn't know what it took me to come to this day to get to where I was. So for him to just leave me hanging, it feels like it was his business versus what the customer, it was his business versus customer service for me. All right, let's move on to Mr. Pride. How are you feeling, Mr. Pride? Do you think uh, you treated her fairly and okay? Or you... Or not. Very much, very, very much fairly, and I'm very happy with the judge decision. And I'm gonna keep on doing me and continue on doing good services, and keeping my text messages also. All right, you've learned a good lesson. All right, congratulations. All right, interesting case, Harvey. Doug, a really interesting case because the plaintiff here just simply panicked. The plaintiff was worried that the defendant wasn't going to show, so she basically cancels this deal and gets another chef. You can't do that. You got to give somebody a reasonable amount of time to respond, and you can't assume they're just going to jump as soon as you contact them. Uh, what lesson did your parents teach you that you live by today? Um. I'm kind of a suspicious sort, wouldn't you say? Oh, that's an understatement. Yeah. You're like, more than a suspicious sort. You I, just, I just believe that um, basically everyone's going to disappoint me. No one's going to do their job. And so yeah. trust but verify absolutely everything anybody ever tells you, they will get done. That is so you in a nutshell. That yeah. And, and, and if you want something done right... Do it yourself. Right. It's which like, is terrible. It's a terrible way to live. Every now and then that inures to my benefit. Yeah, no, what, what do you mean do every it? now and then? For 30 <laughs> years, it's inured to your benefit. Uh, <laughs> and I'd have to say, my parents, probably the most important thing they taught me is if you really want to know someone's true character, you can't judge it by how they treat you necessarily. You always have to look at how they treat, uh, because you might have a working relationship with them or, or a social relationship. You have to see how they treat those people who really can't do anything for them. Uh, the guy who's parking their car, maybe the, the person who's washing dishes. At the yeah, that's how do they true. treat those people? If they treat those people really well, that demonstrates they have good character. And that, that's something that um, I'm sure you heard this said many times with judges. Uh, there's a disease called robitis. Oh, yes. Where absolutely. a lawyer is elevated to the position of judge, and then all of a sudden, everyone's shocked and appalled that they're kind of arrogant right. to the lawyers. And I right. always used to tell them, you shouldn't be shocked and appalled because right. you were looking at the way he treated you. What you should have seen is how he was treating staff. Exactly. Um, right. So, yeah, I... I, I I, I think um, that is a really good way to live, is to, to see how people treat everyone, Absolutely. not just those who that can do something for Absolutely, them. and judges should never think that their first name is Judge, because right. it's not. And their <laughs> jokes aren't all funny. <laughs> oh, I just thought I became not. super funny once I became a judge, because no. there was nothing I said that didn't land well. Everybody <laughs> laughed all the time. <laughs> <laughs>
This is the plaintiff, Karen Lopez. She says she and the defendant have known each other for a long time and purchased a riding lawnmower from him. Problem is, the thing wouldn't go in reverse. It's useless to her, and she wants a full refund in the amount of $572.48. That's why she's suing him. This is the defendant, Pablo Pacina. He says he sold the plaintiff a perfectly good lawnmower that worked just fine. He's sorry she's having problems with it, but she must have done something to it, and he bears no responsibility. He's accused of mowing down a friend. All parties, please raise your right hand. Welcome back to the People's Court. Next case on the docket, the plaintiff bought a lawnmower from the defendant and says it ended up just being a piece of junk. She wants her money back. But the defendant says the lawnmower worked perfectly when his former friend bought it. He doesn't know what she did to it, and he refuses to give her a refund. It's the case of ignorance of the lawn. is no excuse. Thank you, Douglas. You're welcome. Okay, Ms. Lopez, talk to me. What happened here? Um, yes, I had purchased a riding lawnmower um, from Pablo through Facebook. I paid him $300 cash. Now, coincidentally, you folks apparently know each other? Yes, our families have known each other for at least 55 plus years. How so? His brother was married to my mom's sister. There you go. All right, so you see the ad on Facebook, and then you answer it and say, oh, by the way, we know each other, you know, through whatever. Please sell it to me. Those are actually your words. And then what happens? Um, he said he was waiting to hear from somebody else that was interested in it, and if it didn't go through, that he would let me know. Then he texted me and told me, okay. We made arrangements for me to go over and look at it at his house. He texted me his address and so forth. So I went over there and looked at it, and I purchased it. it he had started Did it up. Did you test drive it at all? Just a little bit in the yard, not very much, just a small circle. But he had it on when, you know, he had turned it on for me. So I just drove around So that you could test circle. drive it. Yeah. Okay. So you decide to buy it, and uh, you give him the money. You give him $300. Was that what he was asking for it, or was he asking more and you negotiated? He was asking $300. Okay. So you paid him the $300, and then what happens? And then... Um, I asked him if he could deliver it because I didn't have a truck, and he said yes. So he delivered it for 20 the next day. Okay, and did he charge you for delivery? No. Okay, so then apparently there's a problem, and what's the problem? The problem was he brought it over to the house, okay, and then um, he parked it in the garage. And I was going to use it, but it was snowing that day, and it was April 19th. And it was flurrying out. That's said, horrible. Okay, well, Where just... do you live that it was snowing on April 19th? Toledo, Ohio. Oh, my goodness. Okay. Yeah, it was flurrying in. And I'm like, <laughs> so I said, well, I guess I can't use it today. So I left it and it stayed in the garage where he put, where he drove it. And then the next day when I went into the garage to go and use it, I seen all this oil or gas or whatever coming out of it. But whatever it was, was really, really bad fumes. Okay. So I had texted him. I had texted him and told him there's something wrong with this lawnmower, and I told him what the problem was and sent him the picture, and he yeah. said he topped off the oil, probably put too much oil in it, and then he said that his boss has sent him out to Kentucky to finish a job and that he would take care of it once he comes back. 
but I never had a response back since. Okay, so what'd you do? Um, I kept emailing him and texting him and calling him, still no response. So finally on 5, well 5-9 is when he, he text message that he was, was had to go to Kentucky. And I said, okay, no problem, you know. I said, the fumes are really, really bad because my garage is attached to my, to the house, to the family room, and the fumes were really bad. And I said, these fumes are really bad for my upper, because I have upper respiratory problems. I said, can you take care of this, you know, type of thing. So um, I, I didn't hear back from him at all, but he told me he would take care of it when he got back from, from Kentucky, and I hadn't heard anything back since. Okay, so did you ever take the lawnmower to a repair shop to find out what was wrong with it? No. So what did you do? I had my, my best friend's husband come over, which lives right behind me, and he came to check out the mower because he has one of his own, and he did the side, the small side of my driveway, but then when he went to do the front of the driveway, it had stalled. Okay, but before he, he started it up, it was smoking really, really bad. So then the smoke died down, so then um, when he started to, to start to do the front by the curb, it had stalled, and it wouldn't go into reverse or forward. So then we pushed it back about a foot, and then something must have came on loose, and then he, then he started it because it was, there was a problem starting it up again. And then he drove it and put it back in the garage, and it sat there since. Only used it for like maybe... 10 minutes, if that. So does he answer you and say to you, there's nothing I can do for you? Uh, you know, it's, you bought a used mower. No, I'm 5'9", he messaged me and said his was boss sent to whatever, and they would take care of it when he comes back. After that, do you ever hear from him? No, no. Okay, so what do you do? My sister has an SUV with a hook on it, so we went to go and get, um, a U-Haul trailer, so my sister a and trailer. I pushed it up okay. there. It's a, it's a, one of those mm -hmm. trailers that come down in the back. So her and I pushed it up there, and then we delivered it to mm -hmm. him. And then there was a yard full of people that were drinking and so forth, and I had already messaged him and told him I was going to be dropping it off. But So you basically dropped it in his, you just dropped it in his front lawn? Um, no, on the side, um, in the alley. He's got a bunch of cars and so forth, and there was a bunch of people there drinking and so forth. And then, when you say um, the alley, we, is that a public place or is that on his property? He lives on a corner, and on the corner, on so the, it's the, the public. Corner. So you dropped it off in the public road. Okay, Mr. Piscina, talk to me. Uh, you sold her this lawnmower, and she's upset because she says that you sold her a broken lawnmower. Talk to me. When uh, she asked for it and I knew her, I did sell it to her, uh, but before I sold her, I told her it worked great because I was using it. And I, uh, I tested it out for her. I said, let me try it out, test it out for you so you can see it works, everything it starts up in there. And I even uh, went around my yard, cut some grass a little bit and stuff like that, and, and it worked fine. And then uh, we talked a little bit, and she says, okay, I'll take it. I said, well, okay. I says, she says, well, I don't, I don't have nothing to take it to the house with. I says, don't worry about it. I'll take care of it. So I said, I'll have it over your house, if not today, tomorrow. And that's exactly what I did. So I dropped it off, put it in the garage, and then uh, that was it. And then I got called, said that something was wrong with it. I went to look at it. I said, well, 
it either is you put too much oil in it or something because there was there was no oil. I never had that problem with it. So, Mr. Piscina, she she paints this picture where you completely ignored her. You're saying you actually physically went over there to take a look at it? Yes, I did. No, he did not. Huh. When you looked at it, what did you say to her? I just told her, I said, I don't know. I said, it's just like you got oil here, but I don't know. Did you put oil in it or something? Because I never had that problem before. So she claims that you told her you must have overfilled it with oil. You claim she must have overfilled it with oil because you never had that problem. I didn't feel So, uh, by the way, Ms. Lopez, um, when you test drove the item, did you see any of these smoky problems that you're talking about now? Or did you, um, did you find any fault with it when you were test driving it? No, because I only went in a small little circle. Okay, so according to you, Mr. Pacina, you go to her house and you look at it and you see that and you tell her you must have overfilled it with oil and then what else happens? Well, that was it. I just told her, I said, I don't know what to tell you. I says, I just didn't have no words. I don't know if to my, in my mind, I didn't know if she had drove it around or I don't know what she did that it had that problem with the oil spill. Right. So did she start texting you and asking you, I want my money back and sending you emails and all that stuff? And did you ever answer her? Yes, I answered. But see, I, I'm a construction worker and I work a lot out of state. So I can't just come over or, or be forward with her about the law more about replacing the money. I said in my mind, I, I told myself, I says, you know what? I said, I will reimburse her when I get home. And uh, she kept talking, but she kept texting me and texting me, but I, I couldn't do nothing with it because I was, you know, I work out of state a lot. And, uh, right, but then and you the got home, and uh, so, but you never reimbursed her. You decided that, you know, you sold it to her as is and, well, and tough luck. So what happened no. to change that? Was there something in her tone and the way she was texting you and stuff that kind of made you annoyed, or what happened there? Well, what what annoyed me was when she threatened me. When she threatened me, says, "Well, I'm going to take you to court and this and that," and then as I I got a little attitude about it because in in a situation like this, when you buy some off uh, Market Square or Offer Up, which is a people where people sell stuff, you buy things as is. You know, you take your chances. Anytime you buy something off the line, you take your chances. Just about it. I mean, I've had that problem. I buy things and they don't work like they're supposed to. Hey, it's my loss, their gain. That's how I see things when I buy things. It's not so like So, were you surprised to see that she had delivered the the? Uh, were you surprised to see that yeah. she had dumped the lawnmower back on your property? Yes, yes. I came. They called me. When, and said, well, when did she do that? I don't know. Right. It was probably about two weeks. Three weeks later, she, she came and dropped it off. And then, so what ended up happening with the lawnmower? Well, the lawnmower is, I left it there, and then I just, and I didn't want that in my lawn, in my yard. I said, I just, I got rid of it. How did you get I rid of it? I didn't sell it enough. I scrapped it. Okay. Ms. Lopez, you are suing for $300 for the lawnmower, $37.48 $37 for renting the U-Haul to get it back there. $150 for emotional distress, and how do you figure $85 for eight months of interest? That can't be calculated correctly. But, you know, we have a problem, and I'd like to hear you address it. 
What is the warranty on a used lawnmower when you buy it used from a private party like that? You know, when he used the phrase as is, are you familiar with what the words as is means? The ad says 42 inch cut and run great. It does not say as is. Runs great is not a warranty. It's an opinion. And you had a chance to drive it all you wanted or have him drive it in your presence all you wanted. If it was short, that's on you. It's not on him. He obviously wasn't hiding anything. He had the thing out and running for you so you could see how well it rode. And, um, and then you get it and then you want your money back and you have to understand that this isn't Macy's, you know? It's not like, you know, you just bring your receipt and you say, hey, give me my money back. When you buy a used item, the as-is laws automatically apply. He doesn't have to put it on there. He doesn't have to put it on a bill of sale. By default, the law is that it's as is when you buy a used item from a private party like that. So, you know, what warranty did he violate? What, you know, if it's as is, then you take it like you get it. Buyer beware. The only thing he can't do is lie to you by saying, oh, it's brand new tires or, oh, I just put in a new uh, carburetor, you know, or whatever it is he's going to say. And then it turns out, oh, that was an actual lie and I relied on it to buy it. But just the phrase runs great, quite a cream puff. Uh, stuff like that is what is known in the law as, it's actually called puffery, but it's basically opinion stuff and not war violation of warranty stuff. This is an as-is sale, and I really wish you hadn't put it in, in his front lawn. Um, I wish that you had taken it somewhere to get repaired and then, you know, found out what was wrong with it and then repaired it and then you'd have a, a lawnmower. But instead what you have is bubkiss because you took it there, you dropped it off without authority. He has the right to consider it abandoned property and get rid of it at some point. He got rid of it, so now you have no $300, no $572, and no lawnmower because that's the law. My verdict in this case is for the defendant. So it's not a good day for the plaintiff in the people's court. Ms. Lopez, how do you feel about the judge's decision? He lied. He never came over to my house to look at it. And I trusted him because we are like family. So um, basically, you know, he did not tell the truth. You know, he was incarcerated, came out a new guy, and now all of a sudden, you know, he turned back into the crooked guy that he was. All right. Well, I'm sorry, but you've learned a... You've learned a tough lesson the hard way, ma'am. You don't get anything now, and you're left with nothing. You know, you don't even have a lawnmower that won't work and can be fixed. So you're out. Mr. Messina, let me ask you, uh, you abandoned this. You, you junked it, so it doesn't even exist anymore, does it? No, I don't. I, I got rid of it because, like I said, I, I had no use for it. And I, I don't know what she did with it or what happened. That uh, I just didn't want stuff laying around in my yard, so I got rid of it. Well, look, the judge found in your favor. You don't have to give her the money back, and uh, you're in the clear. Okay? Congratulations. Thank you. You're welcome. All right. Harvey, what do you think about this case? Okay, Doug, this is a private sale. And in private sales, unless there is a specific warranty, it's as is, which means you take your chances when you buy it unless you can prove fraud, which is really hard to prove. So in a situation like this, when somebody says, it works great. You know, the lawnmower works great. That's just kind of hyperbole. It's just puffing. 
It's not a warranty. A warranty needs language that directly promises from the seller to the buyer that the product will work in a certain fashion. When you say, oh, it works great, it's in excellent condition, um, it's just the best lawnmower ever, those are all things that people say to get somebody to buy them, but it's not considered a warranty. If you want a warranty, get real specific about what that lawnmower was supposed to do and what condition it's supposed to be in. After being locked up in quarantine for all these months with my siblings who are driving me crazy, can I sue them in small claims court for emotional distress? <laughs> Thanks. Uh, yeah, sure. Anybody, this is America. Anybody can sue anybody for anything all the time, and anywhere, right. and they often do. Isn't but you better be prepared for a counterclaim because I'm sure they've got complaints against you too. Right. Okay. Right. This uh, quarantine really does, you know, the, the close quarters and the the trying time has. Um, has has shown everyone the best of us and right. the worst of us. Right. It'll test your marriage. It'll <laughs> test your marriage. It'll test your your family uh, dynamics. It's right? tough, you know. Uh, it's Absolutely. tough, um, but it'll be like childbirth. When it's all over, you won't remember it. That's if yeah. you did, you wouldn't have a second child. Right. And, you know. And, and also, by the way, on emotional distress claims, almost every state, I believe, it, uh, has the old common law physical impact rule where you you have to show some kind of like physical yeah not just problem. you're annoying me or as my out of me for a part as of our year. our youngest child when she was about two used to always say mommy referring to the other two they're making me annoying yes that was and, sophie and all of us would just say yes they are and so we still know. say that to each other yeah they're making me annoying <laughs> all the time but, uh, yeah, unless you can show some physical injury. Yeah, just suck it up. It. Come on. Yes. You know, are you Come kidding on. me? These we, are these are the best of times and the worst of that's times. That's right. And we're turning the corner now. The fog is lifting. And uh, thank God the vaccines are out there. And this is going to get behind us.